Thank you so much for coming, Chavra. We're learning today for a lot of, we have a lot of different refuahs and Lilui Nishma. So I just want to start with the refuah Shleim of Netanel ben Braina and Lilui Nishma's Dov Tzvi ben Aftali, Lilui Nishma's Liba Lota Bat Charlotte, right? I said that right? Bat Charlotte, your, bub, your grandmother who just passed away on Shabbos on Friday night. Lilui Nishmas, also Fega Meir, Fega Miriam Bas Meir, that's Shira Gantavnik's grandmother who just passed away yesterday or two days ago. And Lilui Nishmat, Zelda Reisel Bas Meir Chaim, that's Brett Eisen's uh, mother, who, who is her yard site this week. Should all be Zochetar, all of us here should be Zochetar, Richus Yamim, and all these. Nisham has to be Melitza Yosher for us in Shemaim Bezrat Hashem to be uh, recipients of good news, both, both not just stuff we can't see, but also a really nice benigla too. Stuff that's revealed, revealed to us in our eyes. I want to, I wanna, we're going to be doing something a little bit different today. Oh, I also want to welcome Nachman Eagle to our shir today. That's a very big list. We're learning Reb Nachman's Torah, Reb Nachman Eagle. He should always be zochet to be to be so kashur to the Rebbe's Torah and the Rebbe's heart and his simcha sachaim forever and ever bezrat Hashem. Amen. Okay, we have we have so much. Just before I forget, Sunday morning shir is going to be a strong achana for Purim. So that I'm already putting it out. We're going to be taking a break from our sefer on Sunday and doing a very powerful piece from Rav Kluger as a achana for Purim. Mm-hmm. I. Literally, I was learning this on the plane, and I didn't know how much higher I could actually get. It was like, mamash, mamash, something, what a brilliant, beautiful, beautiful piece. That's Sunday morning. Um, and then Michal sent like 1,500 messages. So there's a lot going on in the Kehillah. <laughs> Just follow. Baruch Hashem. Le'elo, le'elo. Okay. Presence. Yalla. On... On Shabbos, it was very interesting the, where I was. I was in Baltimore, and there was an installation of a new Rav in the community that I was in. And you could see that he's very, he was very, very big on the concept of a presence. Well, everyone speaks about being present, consciousness, but he, in his, uh, I guess you call it inauguration speech or installation speech, he actually paused like five times during like a 15-minute, 20-minute drasha and just went like this. It's like, I really want to be here. And he said, and he stopped a few times. And said, I really want to be here. And he just it was like, um, wow. I learned, I learned a lot. The Yamers are close friends of him. He's really a, it's a very special moment. He even got choked up a number of times during the speech, so much so that he kept on like having to go like this. But then he's like, you know what? This is ridiculous. I really want to be here. So I'm going to turn around now and blow my nose so that I don't have to keep on doing this every two seconds. It was amazing. No busha. It was just, like, I, I want to be here. So we want to be here too. So I want to just bring that into here right now because we have a lot to learn and I also have to leave five minutes early. So let's just, Bezrat <clears throat> Hashem, we should fully be here. We all want to feel that there's something we can do in the world. We want to feel like there's something that we could contribute to the world right now. We want to feel that we're not apathetic. We're not, we don't want to feel like only because of the way that what's happening in the Ukraine is being portrayed through the media that it just seems that there's an unclear, ongoing something that we don't understand. 
Uh, we want to feel that we could do something. We want to feel that our little shtick or whatever we could do means something. Also, when we hear, and this happened to me over Shabbos, I stayed by someone who's the chazan of this big shul, who happens to be uh, one of my father's oldest friends. They were in the rabbinical army choir together in 1969. And they're good, they're, they were old good friends, and he grew up next door to the level of a Rebbe, Rebbe Meilich's grandfather, Rebbe Avram Shlomo Biederman. So he's telling me stories all Shabbos. I mean, he really is a chassid of the Rebbe. In his living room, gorgeous living room, he has framed, mamish in a glass frame, a cigarette butt of the, that was the Lelava Rebbe's. <laughs> like, it's like the real, you know, what it used to be like by Hasidim, you know. Like, very, very, he doesn't smoke or anything, he just, that's the, it was the Rebbe's deal, it was the Rebbe's, right? So, there is, Marilyn, there's a chair, oh, you, there's a chair up here if you want, whatever you want, whatever you want. It's good. Right. We hear these stories of the tzaddikim. And afterwards, what can happen is either an amazing, tremendous amount of inspiration or lahefech, or what's called chalishut adat, where we get weak and we think, these, these tzaddikim were doing these kind of things, or these chassidim of the tzaddikim were doing such grace of mitzias. What could I actually do today? Like, what, what, what can I possibly do? What's anything worth? So everyone knows that in Pashat Vayikra, there's, a, there's so many beautiful, beautiful Torahs through the Korbanot. Dalter Rebbe's famous Maimar Adam Kiyakiv Mikem. It's one of the most important pieces of Hasidus that um, everyone should try to dabble into, even just like two seconds of it. But when it comes to the different types of Korbanot, Chazal are teaching us tremendous, tremendous limudim, for how to relate to our possibility of feeling like we have a snap, that we can do something in this world, that, that our avodah matters. And the little, the little that we want to do actually does a difference. It does something. <clears throat> and again, sometimes the opposite can happen. That I say, I don't have a base on Mikdash. Chazal told me, tefillos keneged korbanos. So davening is as if against the korbanos. But even my davening, how much, how often can I get to daven? If I squeeze in an ashray, a perk to him one day, how much does that really matter when I know that people before me had it down much better? The piece before us is a piece from Rabbi Natan that I saw a few years ago, and I always wanted to like, learn it inside more Be'in. I see that he speaks about this in different places throughout Likute Halachas, especially when it comes to Hilchos Tfilas Mincha. And I think we're going to see something beautiful based on the Korban Mincha. What was the Korban Mincha, the meal offering? The Korban Mincha, you all know, was the most, what we would seem like the most shvach of all Korbanot. Shvach, a word you can interpret the way you need to. Shvach. We have Shlamim, Ola, we have, we have different Korbanos that are like Gevaldiga Korbanos. But the Korban Mincha is, 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 is something amazing, something really incredible. So the pasuk you see on top, v'nefesh ki takriv korban mincha la'ashem, solit ye korbano. Flower will be its korban. V'yatzaka la'ashemin, v'atana la'levona. As opposed to other korbanot that are, you put there, there are many more things that you put with the, with the korban. The korban mincha seems very very pashut. There's going to be a twist in the middle of this teaching, an amazing twist Rabbi Nassim's going to do in the middle of the teaching. Pay close attention. This is something very special. Ikar tikkun hatshuva. 
הוא בבחינס קורבן מנחה, שהוא קורבן אני ודל בדלי דלות. The real essential fixing of תשובה is the aspect of the קורבן מנחה, meaning anyone's תשובה. Anyone's tshuva, anyone that wants to become a Baalas tshuva, or a Baal tshuva, and we've been speaking about so long in our Sunday shir, how the goal of every FFB is to also become a Baal tshuva, not by becoming someone that's completely disconnected from Torah, but by experiencing the wonderful, beautiful excitement and rededication of Torah through Baal tshuva, like Baal tshuvas do. Every person that wants to really feel what it's about has to be tuned into what the Korban Mincha is all about. Ikar, tikun ha-tshuva, hu bivchinas Korban Mincha. Shehu Korban ani vedal bedalei dalut. It's the poorest of Korbanot. It's a little bit of flour. That's all it really is. Shmir a little bit of oil. Gamarnu. And it's done. Dehainu sheyevatel ga'avato legamre veyeda shifluto be'emet. There is an Indian of inviting Bittl into our lives. Not just waiting for moments of becoming humbled, self-humbling ourselves, not by the means of someone else causing us to have to tune into it, but to invite it into our lives. There's a big difference between the two. Quite often in our life, when we, want it, when we taste anava, it's because we're forced to. Someone shames us, someone embarrasses us, or I'm humbled by a situation. Can you invite that into your life and say, I'm not waiting for someone to shame me to become a Baal Anava or to mevatel myself. I'm actually going to, I'm going to be the one that, that starts it. You hear the difference between the two? It's a world of a difference. Because when I'm pushed to the corner, when someone mevatel, when someone shames me and I end up striking up a little bit of bitl and shiflut and wiping out gaiva, It doesn't last as much than if I invite that work before it happens. Korban Mincha is going to help us understand how to do that avoda. Da'ino she'yvatel ga'avato legamre ve'yeda she'yifluto ve'emet. You have to know how low you really are. Now whenever Rabbi Nachman or Rabbi Nassim says you have to know how low you really are, that's code word for you have to know how high you really are. <laughs> you understand? Knowing how little you really are, knowing how small you really, really are, and then realizing that you can talk to the creator of the universe shows you how big you little nothing really is. Do you understand? Or not so much? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll keep on going. This is the theme. V'chol yedi'at v'hargashat shifluto v'katnuto v'kilkulav ובגמיו המרובים מאוד לא יהיו לרעה, רק לטובה. When you have enough כוח to do self-introspection and realize, whoa, I mean, we're not yet in the, in the time of בדיקת חמץ, but if we started doing some serious בדיקת חמץ, and we realize, wow, I have enough guts to take a look inside, there's a lot of kinah, I got a lot of jealousy inside of me. I didn't really, I wasn't really aware of this. Oh, boy. Or... I have a lot of, whatever the midah is, but jealousy is just an easy one to always realize that we have, unfortunately. Or different pagamim, or different, bel, or different blem, uh, blemishes. Reb Nassim says, there's a way to do this that actually doesn't keep you down. It actually enables you to be up. Rak letova. 
שלא יתרחק חס ושלום יותר על ידי שיכיר שפלותו וקלקוליו. It, not that it distances you, God forbid, that the more you get to know how, how low you are, that it causes you to feel far. רק יפתח בחסדי השם וריבוי רחמיו העצומים מאוד, שיש תקווה גם אליו. That there's hope even for you after you've seen where you're holding. Now, usually we try to inject everyone here with self-esteem and... show you how beautiful everyone is and everyone's so high and special, we'll, we'll say that for every other Shia. This Shia, just today, the Avoda actually is, how do, I, how do I actually look at these things when I have enough guts to search deep down inside and not only not, let it, not have that let me, push me to the, to the floor, but lahefech, that actually should make me happy? Understand the question? How could looking at the... How could finding these pagamim inside of me, how could it be that I stop for a second and I realize what happens to me whenever I walk into that person's house that I always get filled with some kind of uncomfortable, uncomfortableness that I don't really understand what it's about. Okay, Korban Mincha, we're going to see in a second, allows me to go into that emotion and detect that what really it irks me, what it's really all about, is that I'm jealous of... of the shalom bias that I think is happening in this house. Or I'm jealous how this spouse treats that spouse, as if that's always the way that this spouse treats this spouse, the way that they are doing it in front of me. Or I'm jealous of the way this kid acts or doesn't act. Or maybe I'm jealous of the menu. I don't know. It could... But, but I don't know what it is exactly, but inside of me, whenever I walk into this house, and I don't know what it is. It, it, it irks me. When I see that person in shul, something bothers me. It's like, how come they're always here before me and they always seem to have better kavana than me? Why, why is it jealousy and not, I feel bad that my kid is in X, Y, and Z, or I feel bad that I'm not up to those standards? Why does it have to be jealousy? It could be anything you want. It doesn't matter right now. It, it could be any need that you want that, doesn't make, that, that makes you feel uncomfortable. Whatever works for you. It doesn't matter what it is. Kina happens to be the one that's generally the most common one amongst humanity. I didn't, it's not my uh, kiddush. That's why it has its own tibra. What's that? Lotachmon, yeah. Yeah, and that's also why Chazal say that Kina actually removes you from the world. That's the only reason why I use that, uh, that, that dogma. So Reb Nassan is saying over here, when you realize that, oh my God, that's, who you, that's what's happening inside of you, it's really a, a, a jealous thing. And then he says, well, then, then, there's, then there's a choice you have to make. Do you feel at that moment that Hashem is saying, wow, I'm so happy you finally got to meet yourself. This is what I've been seeing all the time too. Or do you realize... Even though this is what Hashem has been seeing all the time, I know Abba is saying, and I'm still here, and I'm still right here. And that makes you realize, oh my God, by realizing and finding such a begam inside of me, and that Abba or Ima is still here, what does that do to your relationship with the Rebbe Shleilam? Takes it to places that couldn't have been felt if it had you not gone through this self-introspection. So again, Instead of doing a bdika inside, a, a checking inside of our hearts, which can lead, 
And finding things, and Jenny, you're right, whatever it is, finding, but, it, but mainly jealousy is one that's very common. Finding that inside and letting it pound you. Wait a second, wow. You know, there was a song when I grew up, when I was growing up, I was thinking about this on the plane too. You have a lot of time to think about random things. There was a song my father used to sing in choirs when I was a kid. It's probably a Zion, it's probably like one of these Tzioni songs. But I don't know. It's, the words are "Ve'afal pichen ve'lamrot akol eretz 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 Israel." Who knows this? You've heard this song. Is it one of these like it's a lechi anthems or something? It's one of these old songs. Ve'afal right. I don't remember how the melody goes. I just remember the words. Ve'afal pichen ve'lamrot akol eretz 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 Israel. That's why I felt like I was, I, whenever I was asked to speak over Shabbos, because I thought about it on the plane, and they wanted to know, like, what's life like? I just wanted to get up and say, V'afal pichin, v'lamrotakol, Eretz, Eretz, Eretz Yisrael. So now let's plug this into the, to this teaching. V'afal pichin, whoa, even though I just found some schmutz, v'lamrotakol, and even though I can't believe how you could stomach me, because I can't stomach myself, Hashem, 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 Hashem. Okay, now let's... It's the, that's like the perish, I think, like the most... That's what it is, exactly. If only children felt that from their parents, no matter what they did. You're always coming home. You're always home. You always be at home. You'll always feel at home. So Reb Nassim continues in the next paragraph, and he says like this: "Sheicholim liskot lihitkarev l'Hashemit Barach mikol makom shehu." How can I always get the sense that I could always come home? Alidei bechinat korban ani shehimincha. I don't have a lot to give. I don't have that. I don't have that many riches to give in tefillah. I just found some. Some shmutz, I could barely have a little bit of flour inside of me. I barely have anything to give. That's the korban mincha. The poor man can't bring the ram, the cow, right? I, they can't bring the gevadga korbanos. I don't have it in me. I don't have these hasagot. I don't have three hours of Yisboidus to come to you now with Chidushim, how I relate to the Pnimius of Rusa Moaviyah or whatever it is. I barely got to anything. The doves, the ofot, the Ani doesn't have the ability to bring anything. Right? Literally, in a literal sense, the Ani barely has anything, but the Torah thought of him. Nonetheless, that even though, yes, everyone else that can bring greater things, you think we didn't think about you? You think that because you are not rich, and we, we've taken that into a spiritual sense, but even though, but the Torah is talking about literal korbanas, even though you can't bring something amazing, you think we didn't think about you? You think that that moment that you realize that Hashem still wants to hear from you, even though you found schmutz in you, isn't considered a korban? What do you know? What happens? What do the korbanot produce? 
after they've sacrificed, or while they're being sacrificed. What the Torah tells us, what does it produce up in Shem? Reach nichoach, fragrance. We all know. It's a Torah from Rebbe Eger and Paishas told us. Yaakov Avinu walks in to Esau, to Yitzchak, and he has to disguise himself as Esau. And he could say to himself, this is how you wanted me to get the bracha for Am Yisrael? Bemet? Eger says he walked in there shavur legamre, like a broken, broken person. But like he says, like a cinnamon stick. When you break that, that fragrance goes up. What does Yitzchak say when, when Yaakov walks into the room? What is this? This smells like the fragrance of the field. What field? The field that Yitzchak was in last Shabbos. And Parshas told, and Parshas told the, the beginning of the and Chayesara. He's brokenhearted because his mother just died. And he feels so alone. He was an ani in the field. Yaakov Avinu was an ani walking in to get the bracha from Yitzchak. And each and every one of us in our door today, I don't know any real Hamish Yid that feels like he's bringing anything else other than a korban ani, a korban mincha. I don't know anyone today that walks in to shul saying, well, but do I have what to bring to the Rebbe Shleilam? Everyone today, everyone today that's tuned into Pneumius inside knows their korban is the korban mincha. They know it. And that that's actually what the Ribbon Shleilam wants. And like our Mesorah, like we just saw, that is what brings a reyach nichoach, la Hashem. That's what brings a fragrance of Gan Eden. That, bring, that literally brings this reyach nichoach. It's interesting, this word nichoach. Nichoach is used in modern Hebrew to uh, like bring you ease and comfort, right? Nichoach, like from Lashon Lachut, like a comfort. This brings this reach nichoach lashem. Ubaze bottom bottom paragraph. Ubaze gila lano veramaz lano sherachamav lo kalim laolam. This by this, <coughs> by this korban mincha, it was hinted to us. That Hashem's rachamim are never, never ending. And never. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how low you fell. Shafilu im en ha'adam yachol ashuv b'tshuva karaui l'fi ma'asav k'mo ba'alei tshuva ha'kadmonim sh'ayu mit'anim u'mesakfim atzmam harbe me'od k'yadua even though a person opens up Sipuri Chassidim, they open up any Sefer today, and they read about uh, what it was like to be a Chassid of the Tanzer Rebbe, or Reb Chaim Vital, the Talmidei Arizal. They learn about what, you know, what it was like to walk around in Lublin and be a follower of the Lubliner, and what it meant to do tshuva. And they're saying to themselves, what? How? I can't relate to this stuff. I can't relate to this. And many of them end up closing the book and saying, I just have to come up with a whole different Torah. Chas v'shalom. Afal pichen, fourth line from the bottom. Afal pichen, chalila, chalila, lehimana, chas v'shalom. Mechmadzeh, mitshuva. Then God forbid, Reb Nassim says, you should say to yourself, because I can't do anything they used to do, that the world of tshuva is not open for me. This connects to our Sunday morning shirim, Living tshuva. <clears throat> I, I live tshuva when I realize that if I compare myself to anybody else, I'm already out of the picture, so to speak. 
so to speak, I'm done. אין לי עוד. כי גם נקודה טובה אחת של בחינס תשובה יקר מאוד בעיני השם יסברך. It's true. I thought, I was under the assumption that the תשובה, forget what others prescribed for me, that I prescribed for myself. <coughs> I realized how low I fell, I, saw, I realized what I did, and I said to myself, I have a certain Seder now that I must do in order to do the Tikkun for what I think I need to do. And it's not other people's expectations of me or their prescriptions that I didn't live up to. I didn't get close to anything that I told myself I would do. I'm sorry I keep on bringing these examples. This fresh happened to me. Every time I fly, I say to myself, I'm not going to do the following thing, which is what? I'm going to bring one little pamphlet of Torah. That's it. Every time I say this, I'm just going to bring one little pamphlet, not even a safer, like a, like a, I don't know, like a, a magazine that has Divrei Torah in it or something, because so many times I came off the plane feeling so low and so disgusting. Why? Because I didn't get to, I, I, you know, I packed like six farim and I didn't get to any of them. It's what we do to ourselves, not what others do to us. I set myself up for failure when I say, if I do this, then I'll feel like I was real. But Reb Nassim says, that's the Satan mamish in our faces. Why? Because one minute of tshuva. I have six farim. I read one vart, one tarela. How do I know what that means in the eyes of the Rebbe Nassim? How do I know? Who am I to say that my prescription, if it's fulfilled, that means it worked? And that's what God would be happy with. Who am I? Reb Nassim says, hold on a second. You're tiny. You're Baruch Hashem nothing. And because you're Baruch Hashem nothing, then when a nothing does a little tiny something, he becomes a little bit less of a nothing. <laughs> You understand? A little bit. Your nothingness becomes a little bit less of nothingness because of a little something. And, and frankly, I think that even though these, this nikuda over here on the bottom, which is obviously Torah Reish Pei Bet from Azamra, this is why Rabbi Nachman told Rabbi Nassim to tell everyone of his chassidim that if there's one teaching of mine that you have to remind yourself of every single day, It's that this thing, גם נקודה טובה אחת של בחינת תשובה, יקר מאוד בעיני השם יתברך. גם נקודה טובה אחת של בחינת תשובה, יקר מאוד בעיני השם יתברך. I've spoken about this with Shoshana, I've spoken about it with other teachers. The kahal never knows what you prepared. especially in Drushas and Shabbos. Like, you, you never know what the person got be prepared. So we could prepare something, and in our mind, what, what's the Indian? Well, how does Satan work? And it's glorious. It's like, Mamish, he's standing at the podium. Because he's saying, listen, you, know, you had that whole binyan in your head, that story is going to connect to that void, to that maisa, to that chiddush, to that Indian needs to be heard. You got caught 30 seconds in with something that took you So the right turn, because of the way someone looked at you, today you can't even see people are looking at you because they're still wearing, unfortunately, honestly, ridiculously enough, the masks, the masks the way they are today for people that, Baruch Hashem, are healthy, right? 
They're not talking about people that need, should be wearing masks. That, 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 that is not the parsha. Someone looked at you kind of halfway and not right way. That took you off. You tried to hold on to the Avodah Zarah of being naman to what you prepared. At the end, maybe nothing came out, but maybe something did. And maybe one piece of your binyan, one nikuda tova of your binyan, of your vort, that didn't come out the way that you wanted to, helped someone tremendously. And this happens all the time. But this is, this is like the hardest thing to believe. Nikuda achat shel b'china tshuva. Yakar me'od be'ineshein b'ach. You see the Lashon Reb uses? He didn't say nikuda achat shel tshuva. What did he say? Nikuda achat shel b'chinas tshuva. You know what b'chinas means? Like an aspect of tshuva. Like a, a tam of a tam, of a tam of tshuva, but one second of it is so yakar. It's so precious in the eyes of Hashem. Yakar ba'inei Hashem. Okay, let's turn the page. Dehainu. Kshehaadam mitzamtsem haor hameir belibo. Veino holech bigdolot veniflaot mimenu. Umamshich haor alatzmo behadraga uvemida. Veikar kshehomer machshavto. Umenatek machshavto miraleto. So it says like this, when a person, unfortunately, for whatever the reason is, that means our actions that we did, for however it happened, it caused a contraction of the light that exists in my life. It's not that I'm a sinner, that Hashem said, I'm taking this away from you. It's that my choosing to live my life in a certain way somehow contracted the light that's surrounding me. Listen, those of us here that are living in Eretz Yisrael, if we were such gavadika, holy, like tzaddikim by the book, it'd be hard for us to even do anything other than be like, whoa, oh my God, do you feel these vibrations, right? Eretz Yisrael, right? It would be impossible to, to, to almost do anything, literally. You know, but, for, for a million reasons, and we can learn a million midrashim to explain that. Like, it, we're in Eretz Yisrael. We're in David HaMelech's backyard. If I thought for a second that it could be that a parak of Tehillim was written on the rocks that are beneath this home, what would that do to me? However, what's the Indian that I have in my life? And it's not just our fault, it's Gilgulim, it's a lot of karma, it's a lot of like ancient stuff too that I carry with me. That my aura is mitzumtsam, my light is contracted. I can't really, it's not like the way it is on the level of Ein Sof. There's just so much I could do with the amount of light that I have in my world, and then my own, my own kina, my own little shtuyot also causes the light to be more and more contracted. And I don't walk with the Niflaot and Gdolot, the Reb Nassim says, really is surrounding me, and Memale, Sovev and Memale, right? But when I'm, when I'm Shomer my Machshava, despite all that, that I'm not even a 0.0001% in tune with the light that probably is surrounding me, but for one second, I still say, I'm going to choose to look good at this person in this moment right now. It doesn't mean I became a complete Baal Tshuva. 
And it doesn't mean that now I'll feel all the light right away, like many of us are under the assumption that when I do that one thing a little bit better, Hashem should just shower upon me all the gifts that I'm deserving. At that moment, he says, I'm a poor person. What do, what do I have? Oh, like Viktor Frankl brought down so beautifully that the one thing that the Yimach Shemamim didn't have on us, because they could never have on you, is the drive to stay alive. So for one second, despite everything that's around me and all the contractions of light that have been taking place in my life, but for one second, I disconnect my machshava, mira letov, afal pi bekatnut gadol, even though that's, you know, some would say, well, don't expect now for a whole round of applause and everything, you did the right thing. Yeah, that's the way the world tells you. But when Hashem looks at you and he says like, wow, I can't believe you believed enough in, enough, enough in yourself to even have the koyach to do that one moment of switching the way you think about somebody or something. Wow. The world tells you, you're not such a grace of tzaddik. It's not such a grace of mitziah. That's the sheker of this world. The way the Ribbon Shalom says, says, I know you're an ani. I know the only korban you have is a korban mincha. I know that. I can't believe you still believed that that actually matters in the world. Wow. Wow. You know what kind of reach nichoach that is? You know what that produces? Do you know what kind of fragrance that puts in the world? In self, we have no idea. But Reb Nassim tells us, yakar me'od. <laughs> yakar can be precious, yakar can be valuable. Tremendously valuable. He says, Afal pi, fourth line from the bottom of this paragraph, Afal pi bekatnut gadol. Your tshuva is in what's called katnut, right? There's mochin de gadlut, expansive mindset, and mochin de katnut. That means like a, doesn't mean klein a cup. That when you say that in Yiddish, that means you're not using your head. Klein a cup, you have a small mind. Here it just means you have a little bit to do. And the little bit of koyach you have, you use it for a second of an azamra in your life. That's a korban mincha. Yakar me'od b'nei Hashem. Ki hi bechinas korban ani vadal. Shehi bechinas asirit ha'efa. It's a tenth of the, how do you say efa? Like a measurement. It's a tiny measurement of flour. Sheyakar me'od b'nei Hashem itbarach. Listen, it's the beginning of the second chapter of Vayikra. This is like the, 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 the Sefer Ha'avoda, it's called, right? Sefer Vayikra. This is a key element of how we, we do the avoda. Now, let me ask you. If now plug the statement back in, if Chazal tell us that, that davening is keneged korbanos, and this is brought up in the second chapter of korbanot, what's the Rebbe Nishnayim telling us? That this is not a chassidish avort chiddush of Reb Nachman. That this really is the kavana that was given down in Har Sinai. Because Yidin, that didn't prevent the golden calf, probably walked around saying afterwards, there's nothing I could ever do to feel that there's any takana for me. There's nothing I could ever do. I could have prevented the golden calf. Now, there's, I, I'm sure you heard a lot of shiurim on this. How many Yidin actually, not just how many Yidin, and who did the golden, who did the cheta ego? So according to many Pirushim, it was the Erev Rav. So, 
How many people were, were killed afterwards? 3,000. So there's all these different things. So wait a second. 3,000 Yidin are killed. And let's say they were the Erev Rav. Moshe Rabbeinu breaks the Luchas. So Chazal say, well, it's because you saw it. You saw it and you, weren't, and you didn't permit. So a person can walk around so and after Chayta Egel and say, say, why would I think that Rebbe Nishlam is ever interested in a relationship with me? That's what the world may tell you. But you have to remember the Korban Ani, the Korban Mincha, was basically a savior from, throughout many moments in our history for people to feel that there's still a time that the Rebbe Shlem is interested and cares about what I, the little bit, the little shtickle, the tiny bit of avoda that I will do. The tiny bit of it. Now, bottom paragraph. K'moshi fligu livracha. Kama vechama yakar b'nei Hashemit barach korban minchat ani. K'mo sh'amu rabotenu zichonam livracha al pasuk v'nefesh ki takriv korban mincha. This is beautiful, okay? This is, uh, I wish I had like another half hour for this because this is just the last piece, but we'll just do it in, we'll do it a little bit, like an ani, we'll learn about this last piece. When the Torah speaks about someone that brings a korban mincha, how does it refer to that person? V'nefesh. Now in Chazal, when the Torah, when the Torah uses the word v'nefesh kitakriv, what is it referring to? V'nefesh kitakriv. The lower level of the soul, but it's still a soul. You see, you have to remember, v'nefesh kitakriv, as long as you're in this world and you're even thinking of these terms, you're connected to your neshama. It may seem that everything you did in your life led you to believe that you're just animalistic driven. But the Torah comes and says, you're still thinking about doing something even a little bit for Hashem, right? V'nefesh kitakriv korban mincha Hashem. V'chen b'midra shemaflig ma'od be'etzem ma'alat yikrat korban minchat ani etzel Hashem itbarach. There are midrashim, there are vorts, there are so many Torahs over here that speak about dafka, it's the korban mincha, that it's so precious in the eyes of the Rebbe Shleilam. This would be more shaykh for a vort before Pesach, but it's, I mean, whatever, we already mentioned B'tikas Chametz, I guess you could, still, you could still throw it in here. Remember the fifth chair that Lubavitcher Rebbe used to speak about, the fifth son? Who's the fifth son? He doesn't even know a but if he did find out there's a Seder? <laughs> he wouldn't come. Huh? If he knew there was an invitation for him? You know what? There are plenty of Yidin that, are, that, that traveled through India, they're the fifth, they are. They're, many of them are the fifth table, they're the fifth chair, they're the fifth chair, uh, uh, Ben. It's funny, yesterday I met with, what's that? They knew they were wanted. If they knew they were, the second they know they're wanted. Yesterday, I mean, I sat, someone came to see me yesterday, they're thinking of moving here. I Hashem, open up the gates that there should be a miracle, that everyone that wants to move here could just move here. And there should be an apartment, there should be a house, there should be a palace. There should be palaces for everyone. Let's go big. Right? Mama should be such a Yeshua. So he says, he sits down, he says, of course, the first question is schools. It's like, okay, so what, what, you know, how many children do you have? He says, ah, can I get Arba Banim Dibra Taira? I'm like, well, which one is like, which, what do you refer to? Like, what do you refer to your second, you know, what's your second one? Like, did you name your second kid Esau? And like, you know, the, the Russia, right? Anyway, can, can I, like, 
everyone's a band, everyone hopefully feels like that. <laughs> if they knew they were invited, they would probably show up and begin to discover more interest. If people knew the preciousness of one movement, of one tiny ounce of a korban mincha, that would lead the way to another tiny ounce of a korban mincha, which would lead the way to another tiny ounce of a korban mincha, which would lead the way to another tiny ounce and a tiny ounce and a tiny ounce and a tiny ounce. And Be'etzem, I feel like that in our door is the only way to feel like we're become Ba'alim, masters of tshuva. Masters of tshuva, in today's day and age, the big, massive turnarounds that happen are very fragile. They're so fragile. They're so fragile. And every Baal Tshuva that I've met speaks to me about, whoa, they had to do tshuva al tshuva, like Reb Nachman says. They had to do tshuva over the fact of their initial interpretation of tshuva. But if they realize that it's not just them that need to do tshuva, us from Yidin, us FFBs, those of us are FFBs, have to also relate. We relate more to the Korban Mincha sometimes I feel like them. It is because we know it's harder for an FFB to believe in a certain instance, to a certain extent, in the Korban Mincha because you have to actually believe that even though you grew up from, you're garnished, but in a beautiful way. In a, in, a, in, a, in a beautiful, beautiful way. Not in a bad way, like Reb Nassim says. So again, a teaching like this, learned wrong, can lead a person to a very sad state of affairs. But Reb Nassim says, Lahefech, when I discover how small I am, but that my little tiny bit of a shtickle broken heart that walks in to get a bracha from Yitzchak while disguised as Esav, Brings a reach nichoach Hashem that should fill me with tremendous chizuk, tremendous simcha. And I give us a bracha to believe in this teaching with all our hearts and souls. To believe in it and to tell our children about it. To talk to them this Shabbos about a korban mincha, the Shabbos table. To speak about it. And it's not, I mean, teachers are doing as, as, as much, hopefully, as well as they can. But when a child hears at a Shabbos table about the yakrut, the value, and the preciousness, actually, you know, in Hebrew, what's yakar, modern Hebrew? Expensive. How this is like, literally like... Precious. Yeah, precious, but yakar means, oh, well, why is it yakar? That means, oh, it's expensive. When you tell a kid, this is like expensive material. Expensive material. Then the child will hopefully be able to put things in order in terms of when they feel that they've, someone told them, you're completely schmutzik. You're completely wrong. You're a, you're a Vildachaya, right? I don't know what they say that, how they say that in schools today. That was what we were told when we were little. Vildachayas. They'll have a chance, too, to feel like I'm, I'm an Ani, but who cares? A tiny bit of turning to Hashem, it goes a long way. Yeah. It feels expensive to me because... Expensive. It feels expensive because I, Baruch Hashem, go around, maybe not so self-aware, and I'm not thinking about all these places I need to go to that are so dark all the time. And I feel like to actually do this Torah, you need to really go and say, oh, how was I really feeling in that moment? Or how did I really make that person feel? Or, you know what I mean? Like, it's very expensive for the, the average person, as opposed to the person who's always self-flagellating on a, like a normal basis. So You're right. 
you're 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 hundred percent right. I, I didn't. I, I I know that you agree with me. None of us are under the assumption that we're trying to be average. Right. <laughs> She's on million percent right. Shirat David, Baruch Hashem. You're right. Our parsha is different. Yes, it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it's expensive <laughs> on many levels. <laughs> We're here for the big leagues, Jenny. Yeah, Baruch Hashem. Okay, thank you so much. Ishkoyach, everyone. Thank you, Jess. Thank you. I know you're running out. I'm sorry. There's a sociological book called Flipping Out. Flipping Out. It's about people who come and.